Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Yes, that's right. Welcome into the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you guys are with me on this Wednesday. It's Wednesday already. Wow. Arkansas week moving and moving fast. Appreciate you guys being here and checking out the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the uh, the post-game reaction. I'm going to do more of, uh, of that moving forward because, honestly, why the heck not? Uh, so I hope you liked it. And glad that you are with me. Please follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. And wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to this one. Wherever you get them, subscribe to this one. Uh, just search Rebel Report. If you're listening on the website in the in the browser, pull out your phone, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. So, uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas this weekend. And it looks like, by the way, for whatever it's worth to you, if you care about this kind of thing, I, I was looking at the ticket availability, and game's not sold out yet, although it's getting close. It, it, it appears that all of the remaining tickets were uh, returned uh, from Arkansas, like in their allotment. So I expect a, a really, really nice crowd and, and probably not too many hogs for whatever that's worth to you, considering uh, where they are as a program right now. And fewer and fewer people are traveling to road games anyway. But yeah, should be huge. Uh, I. I mean, if I'd be shocked if they can't find a way to move those tickets uh, between now and Saturday. So, should be a sold-out crowd. Should be really nice, uh, awesome weather. Stunning weather coming for Ole Miss and Arkansas on Saturday night. And uh, a phrase was used yesterday on the radio show. I wish I could take credit for it. Uh, but it was not me that said it. It was Richard. Uh, but this game can be validation for Ole Miss this week. And I thought that was a really, really good word. Um, you, you get the win over LSU offensively, you were um, basically perfect in that game. And uh, as you'll hear here in a little bit, uh, you will not come anywhere close to seeing the collection of offensive talent that LSU threw at your team uh, on Saturday. Not anywhere close. So uh, defense has to improve. Absolutely, they do. But there's also uh, the caveat that they're, they're not going to play anybody like that ever again. And so that should be a comforting for you. But yes, uh, playing well and winning on Saturday, entering the bye week, would would validate uh, that win over LSU as more than just a really nice win on a cool night. And it would show if they can get off uh, get off of that emotional high and play well and kind of beat up an Arkansas team that they should beat up. Uh, it, it would validate what happened on Saturday and, and remind you that this team still has every single goal. Uh, in front of them as they enter the bye week to get a little bit more healthy and then take on Auburn. I thought that was a good word for uh, how you can describe that game this weekend. Uh, Did the live chat last night, talked a lot, obviously, about Ole Miss Arkansas. There's some other things mixed in there as well, but it's mostly centered uh, around Ole Miss Arkansas. A lot of questions, a a really long Q&A, almost an hour's worth, um, and and a ton, a ton of questions and comments. So we... uh, We do that here on this edition of this podcast. So thank you for tuning in. And before we get to the live chat, I want to remind you 
that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. If you're in, your business is in the market for office technology and you're located in Mississippi, anywhere in Mississippi, check them out, absms.com. They want to do business with Mississippi businesses. It's a lot of business. Business, 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 Advantage Business Systems, uh, absms.com. Anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to IT projects and cloud storage and data security and phone systems. If it's tech, if it's in the office and your business needs it, absms.com. Tell them I sent you, and your office technology assessment will be on me. Podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations scattered across the state of Mississippi, so there's one conveniently located near you, I'm sure of it. There's one located near me, and a lot of you live near me, so I promise there's one nearby, but it's a positive banking experience, which doesn't happen all the time. Uh, every time I go in, they, they remember who I am, they recognize my face, uh, they, they treat me well there, and it, it's, again, a positive banking experience. They make you their priority. They've got online banking like everybody does, but it's a one-stop shop. No, You don't need three apps to manage your money with Priority One Bank because they make you their priority. All right, here it is, a lot of Ole Miss Arkansas chatter on, uh, on the live Q&A from Tuesday night. Here that is now. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I'll talk to you again on the next one. Thursday, so here we are talking about Ole Miss Arkansas tonight, and what I think can be a fatal blow is the, the title of this. A fatal blow can be delivered to uh, Arkansas season and Sam Pittman uh, this weekend. As you guys know, Arkansas has already lost to BYU, LSU, and Texas A&M in a row. They lose to Ole Miss. That would be four losses in a row, and then they have to go to Tuscaloosa. I don't see a scenario in which Sam Pittman survives with a loss to Ole Miss on Saturday. So that's what we're talking about. Next 30, 45 minutes or so, however long uh, this lasts here in chat. I appreciate you guys hanging out. I'm, of course, Michael Borky. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. I would appreciate you doing both of those. Uh, Thank you for watching the postgame on Saturday night. I'm going to keep doing those. Uh, That did well. So I'm going to keep doing those, uh, and I will keep doing stuff like that for any kind of major sports news around here because it did well, and I appreciate you for that. So live chatting, that's what we're here for. Uh, What you guys want to talk about, we will talk about, but I think that's kind of the theme here is uh, what Arkansas, excuse me, just dropped my uh, pen that I fidget with while I do this on my computer, but um, Arkansas has kind of everything on the line this weekend, and you've seen in the past where teams get this big emotional win and then turn around and, and get let down uh, the next week. Luckily for Ole Miss, the schedule has done them some favors. Not only is the game at home, but it's also at night as well. There's no sleepy 11 a.m. on the road kind of situation here. It's They get to come back to uh, – the, the game's not sold out yet. I, I expect it to be. Uh, the only tickets available are that of ones that were returned by Arkansas, at least based on the, the chart is what it looks like. And uh, so another charged-up environment. And you would think that Ole Miss gets to use last year's game despite basically all of the defensive personnel, with the exception of a few holdovers, is new. Uh, hell, the, the number one wide receiver is new. The tight end is new. Uh, the defense coordinator is new. There's a lot of new, a lot of differences from last year's game to this year's game in terms of personnel. Arkansas has two new coordinators as well. Uh, themselves, so a lot different, but you can use that if you're Kiffin and, and Ole Miss's staff uh, as a reminder of 
Beating LSU has gotten you nothing when it comes to this team because they sucked last year, relatively speaking. And they lost to Liberty before they lined up and kicked your they kicked your asses for four quarters is, is what they did, basically. They can use that as motivation. And Arkansas's backs are against the wall. This is kind of it for them. Their season, uh, so to speak, is on the line here. And uh, Sam Pittman's tenure as the Arkansas head coach is kind of on the line here. Again, I don't foresee a scenario in which he survives this. So let's talk about it. The title of the stream is True Ole Miss really can deliver a potential knockout blow to the Sam Pittman era at Arkansas. I agree completely because right now they are uh, they're two and three. A loss to Ole Miss would drop them to two and four, and they would lose in Tuscaloosa to go to two and five. They still have trips to Gainesville. They still have to play Missouri, which is a good team. Auburn certainly would not be a guaranteed win for them. Um, it would be insurmountable for uh, for Sam Pittman. Uh, and I, I expect them to try to line up and uh, and run the football right at Ole Miss. It, it kind of sounds like that's going to they're kind of they're going to kind of dare the Ole Miss defense to be physical and and test them in that way. So Ole Miss needs to be ready for a different style of offense. Now, don't kid yourself. Um, LSU is better at everything uh, than Arkansas when it comes to their offense at literally everything. They are better up front. They're better at quarterback. Arkansas is better at running back. I guess you can give them that, but it's it's negligible. LSU's better at wide receiver. Uh, they're better coached. They are. It's just a, a significantly better offense all around. Uh, will be a little bit more challenging. Uh, or, and excuse me, not more challenging. A different style of challenge for Ole Miss. You're glad Hudson Wolf's injury wasn't season ending. Yeah, I, I didn't. Um, I you know they they don't release injury information at all. But I, I thought that um, the prognosis was. Uh, collarbone, which is not season-ending. If there's one player who deserves a full season without it even without even the slightest injury luck, it's that guy. Yes, uh, it is. Uh, that day, at this point, you wonder if that day will ever come. But for now, uh, it is what it is. You got accepted to Ole Miss yesterday. Hey, congrats, man. Awesome. Awesome. Congratulations. Uh, enjoy yourself. It is uh, – I mean – You'll you'll have a great college experience. Uh, you will, and uh, I'm happy for you. That is uh, that is really really cool. Neil says we haven't been good against Arkansas. Maybe Kiffin can keep it rolling. Uh, so what happened in twenty? I don't even remember what happened in 2020. I don't remember. I mean. They lost to Arkansas in 2020. That's, oh, that was, yes. Uh, sorry, that took me a second. That was the Matt Corral uh, billion interceptions game. And then 2021, um, it was an epic, an instant classic. And then last year, you guys know what happened last year. Uh, if, if you know me, you know I'm kind of weary of uh, applying history to present context uh, just because of how different things are. Uh, you know, this is an, an entirely different Ole Miss defense being called by a different guy just from last year's team, you know? And, and so when people do this, well, the series, oh, you know, Arkansas is 6-4 and four against Ole Miss in the last 10. It's like, you know, are we really going to bring a game from 2017 into the conversation about this game when literally everything is different? I understand your point, though, certainly. I, I get it. I mean, Arkansas scored 51 points and had to throw to the end zone to beat you uh, when they went for two uh, two years ago and then beat you up and down the field last year. I just um, 
history does not impact this game. It's, frankly, it's execution for Ole Miss. I, I think that's the only thing that can hold them back is themselves in this game. Ole Miss, if, if they come out, you know, this is a cliche and, you know, kind of elementary, but if they come out ready to play and they're executing right away, I, I don't really see uh, a scenario in which Arkansas would be able to even keep up with them, uh, let alone beat them. So I think this game and the result of this game is is wholly dependent on uh, Ole Miss themselves and what they're able to do. Arkansas is really bad up front on the offensive line. Jefferson doesn't have the weapons that LSU has. Frankly, they haven't been particularly great at stopping people either. Um, I, I know the BYU game got weird, but um, I, I think this Ole Miss offense, now that it's as close to 100% as it has been all season long, is going to score points. I think this game is all about Ole Miss and executing and whether or not uh, they are locked in and focused. If that is the case, then I I, I expect the odds makers are, are going to be spot on. I think it's a, a two-score win. Uh, for uh, for Ole Miss, but we will see. Arkansas seems like they're getting worse and worse by the week. Really got dominated by AM outside of the turnovers, absolutely. Only had 120 yards before a garbage time 50-yard touchdown. Yep. Um, and, and it's the offensive line, right? And, and let's not kid ourselves, Ole Miss doesn't have the, uh, the, the front four on defense that Texas A&M has, but they have been productive. Now, I think people are are kind of reading too much into the defensive performance against LSU. And I know that's kind of a goofy thing to say because they gave up over 700 yards, what was it, 700 yards of offense uh, to LSU. But Arkansas presents uh, in no way, shape, or form the same challenge that that LSU does. And even in the fourth quarter, Ole Miss's defensive line was able to uh, apply pressure and and get get to Daniels and make him uncomfortable. The difference in that game was Ole Miss's defense in the fourth quarter. They kept scoring offensively. It was basically a perfect night for them, but they got the stops when they needed to because they finally were able to to make Daniels uncomfortable and get to him and kind of control the line of scrimmage. They had their best game up front on defense in the or the best moments of that game up front on defense in the fourth quarter. And it has been a pretty productive Ole Miss defense in terms of sacks and tackles for a loss. More productive than you would think by just kind of Frankly, just watching them play. I think they're a little bit better there than people are giving them credit for. Uh, they, they just, they've just they played Alabama and LSU in back-to-back weeks. But even in the Alabama game, they were productive. They got to Milrow. They controlled the line of scrimmage. And um, they, they play a lot of guys, and it keeps them kind of healthy. And so if they're able to force Arkansas, especially into passing downs, if they're successful on first and second down, um, limiting the run, because again, I think Arkansas is going to really, they're going to try to line up and run right at Ole Miss. That's my expectation anyway. I think they're going to do that. Um, if they can't, and you are able to force Arkansas into third and medium to third and long, uh, I think I do think Ole Miss is good enough to be disruptive and, and get to K.J. Jefferson because they are more productive than they are being given credit for right now on the defensive line. And... Um, yeah, I think they will have moderate success, and moderate success is all you're going to need. At least I think so. Anyway, they also have the worst offensive line play. Yeah, I should read all the comments before I respond to them, I guess, uh, because uh, you and me, same uh, same place. 
Worst offensive line play and red zone offense outside of Vanderbilt in the SEC. Forgot about South Carolina. Arkansas is worse in that regard than South Carolina. Here's to the point now where you want Dart to ball out just enough this year where he can come back next year and not feel like he should declare for the draft early and end up going the way of Matt Corral. Um, well, Matt, Matt Corral's um, situation is not just about football playing ability. I think that's kind of obvious at, uh, at this point. There, there are other factors um, at, at play there. But I am curious to see, I mean, obviously how, how Dart plays for the rest of the year. That is something, you know, this is why I get paid the big bucks, everybody. It'll be interesting to see how Jackson Dart plays the rest of the year. Well, you know, no no crap. Of, uh, of course, it will be interesting to see how Jackson Dart plays the rest of the year. But when it comes to that, if he starts playing well and moving up draft boards, what kind of NFL prospect would he be? What would people think of him? Because... Frankly, even in the NIL era, I think that you have to strike while the iron's hot. And if he gets like evaluations where he's a top three round pick, then and then I would advise him to go because, man, in the first game against Furman in 2024, he could get rolled up on and tear an ACL and then that opportunity's gone. You know, I'm always in the get your money when you can get your money camp when it comes to moving on to the NFL. But that is something that I'm curious of is, is what kind of prospect do NFL people view him as because this quarterback class is it's going to be loaded with um, uh, Drake May and, and Caleb Williams and now you've got Daniels uh, from from LSU in that mix. Although he's a little skinny, he's throwing the football like an NFL quarterback, and he's athletic enough um, to to be a guy that somebody takes a chance on. How deep is that class, and, and who's looking for, for a quarterback, and where does he fall? That's something I'm, I'm really curious about because if he continues to play this well and decides to come back, then then you've really got something cooking in 24 with this team. It's an interesting dynamic as this season moves along. Big game in Como, Missouri sneaky good right now. They are. They are, but something in me tells me that LSU is going to go up there and beat them by three touchdowns. I don't know what it is. I just something in me feels like Missouri's a little bit of fool's gold right now. But it'll be charged up environment for sure. 11 a.m. kickoff as well. Brian Kelly's going to have to do stretches from a car dealership or whatever. And uh, and yeah, that that is a sneaky, interesting, and fun game. I will be watching it from my phone at the at the Sanderson though. But, but still, yes, sneaky, interesting football game for sure. Is it okay to say the real capacity is 66,700-something until it gets beat? Yeah, it is. Uh, it will. I, if Ole Miss keeps winning, if Ole Miss beats Arkansas and Auburn, then the Texas A&M game will have more people than that, I think. So... It, it it'll get to sixty seven that night if if they don't lose before in between now and then. At least I think so. Could be wrong, but at least I think so. Almost on paper should be able to defend Arkansas much better than previous years. I agree with that. If it doesn't get weird, it should be like a 35-20, 38-21 type game. But then again, you never know. Eleven and one mark my words. Hey, you've you've been on it all summer, all season. KJ always plays different in the state of Mississippi. 
didn't play last year in Starkville. That was, I'm sure he was disappointed uh, in, in that. Um, they would have had a, a much better chance to win. Hey, I mean, he'll be jacked up and ready to play uh, for sure. I just, I wonder how much that will actually matter considering what's in front of him and the lack of weapons around him absent the running back. I am curious about that. It's just, you know, how much that actually matters. Jim McElwain should be candidate number one or two for them. Yeah, yeah, I, I see where you're going with that for sure. I mean, he's doing well at Central Michigan. He he was good before he went to Florida. But, man, when you say your family's getting death threats because the team lost a football game and then the school says, whoa, wait a minute, that's terrible, you know, show us so we can go after them. And then it and then you don't and it gets weird. And then they may have never had like, you know, it it wasn't just that Florida fired him because of football. It was if you're going to say you're getting death threats, man, then you got to got to present that. And if you're lying about that, I I don't know. That, That was a weird that was beyond football. That was beyond football. And him has a chance to make the West wide open this weekend. Yeah, look, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you are absolutely rooting for the Aggies this weekend. Absolutely rooting for the Aggies to beat Alabama this weekend. You are sawing varsity's horns off. Woo! And what else do they do? One, two, three. Hump it, Ags. Yeah, all that stuff. You're doing all that this weekend. Go go to Sherwin-Williams and get yourself a painter's outfit. And do that weird little that little bend over thing that they do that they call they, they seriously they say hump it that is what that is what that is it is hump it you're humping it all weekend yeah that is uh, not a euphemism that that's what you're doing all weekend because you um you you want a And M to win chaos that's what you're rooting for and uh, then if you can stay undefeated that a And M game could possibly be for uh, the West. So yes, you are humping it ags this weekend. Uh, it's so uncomfortable to say. Thinking about down the road, we could be seeing Arkansas and Mississippi State going head to head for a new coach. Wait a year and add Florida to it. I do not think uh, Zach Arnett will be fired after this year. I, I just I, I don't think that regardless of what happens, I, I really don't think that that's a possibility that um, I mean, maybe they maybe they do have it, but do they have 12 million for a buyout plus a few million more to buy out all the assistance. Uh, I mean, do they have that money to, to do that? Maybe they do. It's, it's possible they do, I suppose, but also you have to factor in um, the, the message that would send in the coaching community. I know, I know it was a different circumstance. It was a little unique, but um, you, you've got a program that would go one and done for a coach after they recently went two and done with, with another coach and um, are behind uh, in the NIL sphere. That that really sends a, a, a tough message uh, around the coaching community. But, man, if, if he looks – if he's as in as over his head – if he is as in over his head as it appears at times that he is, can you take the risk of not doing it at that time? Um, Zach Selman, I assume, just needs them to to win a couple more games down the stretch to to quiet all of that conversation. But yeah, my game recap of LSU looked great in front of the wall. Yeah, that one right there. I literally just I was sitting on that couch. I had the state game on that TV. I forget what I had on the other one, but yeah, it kind of worked out right. I'll, I'll do it again. Why don't I head over there more often? Oh, you want you? I mean, I guess I could. the The reason why I do this here is. Um, the, the streaming software that, that I use, uh, 
I can't use on um, on my phone, and that's how I recorded that. And I can't pick up my laptop because it's a garbage Dell. That if, uh, anyway, I just I can't do all of this sitting there. I can really only just kind of record video sitting there. So anyway, the defense has to step up and man up, and the offense has to say the course. Yeah, I, I think uh, Ole Miss's physicality on defense is going to be tested. Uh, in this game, for sure, their, their physicality is going to be tested. Luckily, uh, you know their their weakness on Saturday was coverage, but a lot of that had to do with who LSU presented. I think Ole Miss's secondary is better than they looked on Saturday. They're just not elite, and LSU is, and so covering those kind of guys paired with a quarterback that is uh, literally throwing the football perfectly, uh, they looked worse than they actually were there. And Arkansas can't exploit them the way that LSU did. Having the game in Oxford, you think, is huge. Going to Fayetteville has been a house of horrors for Ole Miss. Absolutely. And the time of day as well, I I do think, matters. Um, You know, it'll be a full stadium and a crowd will be pretty jacked up and the players won't have a 6 a.m. wake-up call or a 5.30 a.m. wake-up call. They'll uh, they'll be able to sleep in a little bit, you know, and, and be nice and rested and walk through the Grove at four o'clock when everybody's nice and drunk, as opposed to walk through the Grove at nine o'clock when people are still downing their first coffee. You know, it's all of that stuff actually absolutely factors in, at least I think it does, uh, to to how a team can play in in a game that you could consider a trap with the bye week next week and how Arkansas's played and coming off of the emotional high from the LSU win. You think it'll be close in the first half, then Ole Miss will pull away to a 45-21 type win with a late touchdown for Arkansas to get to 21. I think Lane Kiffin would take that absolutely right now, 100%. Yeah, six interception game was 2020. Sorry, I am behind on these messages. What's up, Michael? Great show. How you talking? Thanks, Zach. I appreciate you, man. Glad to glad to have you. Arkansas has a weird gift to always play up to Ole Miss's talent. Rosters are similar, but overall more talented is Ole Miss. I think Lane should keep the reins of the offense if he had them. So I didn't, so from who knows what it was actually like, right? Cause we're not in the headsets and maybe like in week game planning was different, but I didn't see anything different from Kiffin in the way he acted on the sidelines in any week. He has always had a play sheet, and he has always had a headset, and he's always looking at his play sheet and talking into his headset. That is, like, so when people just blame Charlie Weiss Jr. for the offense's failures, as I've said to you guys all the time, then what is he doing with a headset on, who's he talking to, and what's on the play sheet? If Charlie Weiss Jr. is the only person to blame for the offense's failures, then what the hell is Kiffin doing with all of those things? Because Charlie West Jr. is never exclusively to blame for Ole Miss's failures. Uh, and just like he is not exclusively to praise for their successes. It's a combination. And Saturday, it did look like it was a similar uh, dynamic. They made schematic adjustments, but um, I didn't notice a difference in terms of the way Kiffin was acting on the sidelines. And again, it could be totally different. Um, could be totally different in reality, but... I've always seen Kiffin talking into a headset with a play sheet in his hand. Always. Remember when the rush three drop eight was a big deal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good times. Good times. If you're going to be a $9 million coach, you cannot lose to programs like Arkansas consistently, especially not this Arkansas team, right? When they're not good. They are down bad. And, 
and you can especially, like the title says and like we talked about before, when you have them on the ropes, you've got to deliver that that crushing blow. You, you've got to. You've got a perfect opportunity to separate from Arkansas right now. And they'll, and they'll have to go through another coaching search. And frankly, the prospects that are out there right now are really not all that attractive if you think about it. I mean, I mean, who who's the slam dunk, can't miss coaching candidate out there for an SEC school? Who is that person? Who is it? Arkansas, I mean, who is it? Is it Deion Sanders? Nope, he's not going to Arkansas, promise you. Uh, so who is it? Um, maybe Kane Womack at South Al would take that job, but maybe he wouldn't. Um, I know people really, really like him, but but is he ready for that? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Who who is that person? Uh, you you want turmoil in in your your rivals, and here's a chance to create that for one. This is why you get paid nine million dollars to 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 finish teams like this, Mortal Combat style. What are my thoughts as to Ole Miss's ceiling right now? Uh, Eleven wins. That that is the ceiling. Now I, I don't think they're going to get there. Uh, I think week to week in the SEC that the all of these teams have have flaws in them, and they all can kind of beat each other in a given week. And Ole Miss has to go to Athens. They have to play Texas A and M. They have to go to Starkville. It's not exactly an easy place to win. But yes, Ole Miss's ceiling is is winning the rest of their games. Will they do that? I don't know. A more realistic ceiling is ten. Um. But yes, they are absolutely, completely capable and not the dumb and dumber, so you're telling me there's a chance, one out of a million thing. Um, You can sit here and argue today that Ole Miss could beat Georgia. You can sit down and make that argument clear and concise, and it's not a stretch. You can also sit down and make the argument clear and concise, and it's not a stretch that they lose that game. And the same thing with Texas A&M and stuff like that. So, um, pie in the sky... Best case is 11. Uh, I think that right now, if you told me to pick the rest of their season, I think I would uh, pick them to uh, lose one more game and find their way in the Sugar Bowl again right now. Subject to change because things change often in this sport. Yep. Ole Miss has shown that they can pay. Yeah, Kiffin top 10 in the country. Absolutely. It's a different offense with a healthy Harris. It is. Uh, he, as we talked about on on Sunday, what I was more impressed with his game was not the catches, which sounds weird, right? Because he went off and caught a couple of touchdown passes and he was unguardable. But what, what I thought was really uh, key in his game was the physicality uh, in the run game. A lot of people were really upset with the jet sweeps that Ole Miss was running against Alabama because – and I saw people say, well, those never work. Well, that's not true. Yes, they do work. They do work. That That is a very important part of that offense because they work. But what makes those work is the blocking on the edges. And against Alabama, with Harris not in the game, they didn't block well on the edges. Well, Harris was physical in the run game. And I think that matters for a lot of reasons. If you watch, him downfield was able – I mean – he was pushing LSU defensive backs five, seven, ten yards off the ball. I mean, there was a Bentley run that I remember uh, in the fourth quarter. Well, I think I was actually a swing pass, right? It was a little swing pass where Harris pushed his guy past the first down marker. And so when you have such a physical presence at wide receiver, both in catching the ball but also in the run game, it allows that offense to kind of be what it's really good at, which is getting the, their playmakers the ball in space. No Harris and Tuscaloosa. 
those things did not work as uh, as well. He looked like AJ Brown, Dante Moncrief, Laquan Treadwell, DK Metcalf. He had that kind of complete game in, in terms of physicality, also catching the ball and impacting it in, in every way. And Ole Miss for the last couple of years hadn't really had that physically dominant, I'm going to run your ass into the ground, wide receiver one. Now, Malik Heath was a willing blocker, and that's why he made the Packers, but not like that. No, no, he, he wasn't as well-rounded as Harris is, for sure. You don't think we'll quite see the offensive explosion from last week by Ole Miss? I, I don't I mean, they played basically perfect. They won't be perfect every week. I agree. But they should get into the mid to high 30s or 40s if necessary. It's very fair. That is very fair. You have a feeling Centarian's about to have his breakout game this week with how much Arkansas is struggling at offensive line. And, yeah, I, I do think, like, you didn't see a whole lot of Monty Montgomery against LSU. I, I think you'll see a lot more of him uh, in this game as well. Um, linebacker play is going to be critical for Ole Miss in, in, in this one because um, Arkansas is going to line up and try to run right at him. You don't mind Kubelik, but the other two announcers you're not too sure of after their comments on the whole Auburn thing. Um, yeah, and, you know, we talked about it. Uh, what was it, the Georgia Tech game that they were on? I can't remember. And you know, people were bringing up that Cole talked about what players Kiffin would bring to Auburn when he went, and, and he didn't have that conversation. You know, it wasn't him. Um they're, they're, one of the three on that crew I'm really not a fan of. I had the opportunity to meet the person, stuck my hand out to, to shake his hand, and uh, he blew me off completely. And um, ever since then, I've, I've not had a good compi- – uh, like, I was introduced to this person and stuck my hand out, and I didn't get a return handshake. Uh, but the other two I actually really, really like, and they're, they're guests on a radio show uh, a lot, and they're good, and – from a lot of angles, that broadcast will never happen again. Let, let's put it that way. It'll never happen again. Kyron Heath had a deal in the LSU game. Heard he got nicked up on one of the PATs, left to the medical room, back out to the bench in the second half. At some point, had an emotional talk with a staffer. I don't know anything about uh, that, if we're being honest. I have no idea about the health of Kyron Heath. That program is impossible uh, to get medical information from. It just is what it is. In the fourth, LSU handed the ball off twice for one yard. Amazing. They abandoned the run up to scores. Well, I think Ole Miss started responding. You know, they they pressured Daniels. And two carries for one yard is, is not something that in the previous three quarters they would have. I think it's obvious Pittman is on his way out regardless, but the games against Ole Miss, State, Auburn, and Missouri will show us how fast they can him. For sure. You think Dart is a better NFL build than Corral, mostly in size and uh, ability at evading pressure? Yeah, I hear you. Dart is on pace. Dart is on this pace playing like an All-American. You don't know how the draft will treat him, but you also got to think about Walker Howard and waiting. That guy seems like the future in a big way. Dart is currently projected at about the 10th quarterback prospect in 24. Uh, So who would be ahead of him? If he's down to 10, so what, Michael Penix? So it, it would be the, the two obvious, um, probably Daniels ahead, Penix. Would Bo Nix be ahead of him right now? 
Hartman. We won't know. I mean, so much changes between now and the end of the season. Obviously, breaking more at 11. LSU might be 3-2, and two, but really, if they keep on their offensive pace, only Alabama and A&M will give them a real challenge. I agree. Can't see Missouri keeping up. I agree. Could still win the West, just saying. They possibly could. Arkansas is going to throttle Mississippi State. They could. They could, but man, what are they going to be like by then? I mean, do they lose to both Ole Miss and Alabama? Uh, Will they have five losses in a row going into that Mississippi State game? I I mean, at what point, you know, uh, what what does the makeup of the team look like at that point? Been frustrating to see the Hogs this year. Paul, a resident Arkansas fan, been very inconsistent, and there are problems with the offensive line of all positions. I love Pittman because he's really turned the program around, but this better get fixed. Losing Kendall Bryles really hurt. And that's kind of the thing, right? I mean, we've been talking about that with Mississippi State lately is, I mean, you've got a defensive-minded head coach, your former defensive coordinator, and your defense is undisciplined and getting beat, and they're filled with veterans. Sam Pittman's an offensive line coach, championship-winning offensive line coach. How is it that position group that is so bad in Sam Pittman's program? You would think that that would be the best thing that they would have to offer, and instead it's not. That's uh, that's frustrating, as can be. Yeah, Paul, it's a a big one for your Hogs this weekend. Um, it's, It's the one for Sam Pittman this weekend. You think a and going to beat Alabama? I don't, actually. Not because you're an Aggie believer, but Alabama will slip up again eventually. You think Ole Miss is a better team than A&M, who missed a huge opportunity at Bama? Yes, Ole Miss absolutely missed a huge opportunity at, uh, at Alabama, for sure. Watch Alabama win 34-21. I think it'll be lower scoring than that, but yes, I do think that they will win. If Bama wins, they will probably win the West. I agree with you. Arkansas fans are getting restless, understandably so. Barnett is Matt Luke in maroon and white. Different circumstances leading to their hiring, uh, for sure, but the, the early returns are not good. And we talked about it a lot on the radio show today, where... Arnett, after the game on Saturday, says with the ball, with just over a minute left, at the end of the first half, down two touchdowns, Mississippi State elected to try to go score. Will Rogers threw an intercept, a bad interception, on the first play of that drive, and then Alabama scored again to go up 21. Arnett, after the game, says it was a bad decision, a bad coaching decision that they should not have. They should have just taken a couple of knees and gone into the locker room. And then two days later, the offensive coordinator says, uh, you're not beating Alabama if you do things like that. I would do it all over again. You just can't turn the football over there. And so we talked about it on the radio show, and uh, we had people text in. They were like, you guys are overthinking it. It's no big deal. And, and I kept saying, you're having opposite messaging coming from the head coach and the offensive coordinator, complete and total opposite thoughts and feelings on a decision that they made mutually. Or you, know, you would think. A decision that was made, and you have two different messages coming out of it, it screams disorganization. And even if that's not true, even if Arnett was just protecting Will Rogers in that moment, the fact that the messaging out of your program is literally 
total opposite about the same situation, it screams to disorganization. And there are some state fans that are like, well, no, he's, I mean, he's a rookie head coach is what you expect. Well, if if you, one, are essentially apologizing for trying to score when down two scores with over a minute left and a veteran quarterback, man, I just, I found that so odd. Not every good decision, not every correct decision ends well. Sometimes the right call still goes wrong. That's life and that's football. And, and so to, to backtrack on the right decision, uh, I, I don't know. I just I, I found that situation very odd and, and telling about the top of your program right now when messaging is, is the literal total opposite. That's a problem to me. Even if the if Arnett was just protecting Will Rogers, that's a problem. That it's contradictory statements. It it speaks to disorganization. Even if that's not what it is, as a fan watching the team not play well at all, and then that comes out, it would make me wonder what the hell's going on at, at the top of the program. It, it doesn't make sense to me. So anyway. The question is, if Arnett goes 4-8, and would they blow it up in November? I, I really don't think so. I could be wrong, but I really don't think so. Also, the other MSU is interviewing Urban Meyer, apparently. Be wary of reports that are not at all uh, confirmed by anybody else. I mean, you've got a handful of college football reporters that have direct lines of communication with Every agent, every agent. And if none of them are confirming or reporting that Urban Meyer is getting interviewed by Michigan State, be careful believing the reporting from somebody that you don't know. It's possible that it's true. It is. But that there's always got to be a consider the source element to, to things like that. And if somebody like Ross Dellinger does not say can confirm when I, well, I, I promise you, Ross Dellinger knows every single agent. He knows them all. All of them, he knows them all. And if he's not confirming that that's going on, then it's probably not going on. There's a chance it is, but, you know. At least Matt Luke's teams were competitive, minus Bama and LSU. How's Rocket Sanders? 80 to 90%. Uh, I I don't know that answer. Um, Still looks like he's not totally healthy. And honestly, Jefferson didn't look like he was completely um, completely healthy after the AM game. You think Golding's defense responds well to Lane Kiffin like his offensive line did? I, I think so too. And in part, it's because they're not going to play a team that talented for the rest of the year. So you heard from someone that they saw Matt Corral in the Grove and he looked well. That's really good to hear. That's uh, that's really good to hear. He's he's a good dude and he's been through a lot. And um, he he really. Um, Turned turn his college life around and, and became a legend at uh, at Ole Miss, and uh, glad to hear that he's doing well. You need Perkins play. You need Perkins to play in the Arkansas game like he did in the Bama game. Um, yeah, they used they used him differently against Alabama because they could. I don't think you could do a true spy against Daniels with how well he throws the football. Basically, taking a defender just out of the game to spy. Um, wouldn't have been a good idea this past Saturday. So I'm curious to see how they use him this week. 
Lane was talking after every play. It seemed like he was more engaged for sure that he was either calling or changing approving plays. But that's kind of how he's always been. Whatever they did, it worked though, obviously. He just missed a clock management criticism, like just missed it by inches. The ball was in the LC wide receiver's hands. Yeah, but but the thing is, the the D, what was it, Anthony, that, that hit his arm right as the ball was going through. Like, even if he actually gets his hands on the ball, there's no guarantee he's catching that either. I've seen too many people say, well, he should have caught that. Well, no, because a play was being made as well from, from the defense. I, I think it kind of worked itself out, especially when there should have been a pick six like two plays uh, prior. Do I consider Pittman as Matt Luke 2.0, but Pittman has gotten bigger wins than Luke? Ooh, um, they're probably very similar. Um, you know, Pittman kind of righted the ship there early. Matt Luke saved the Ole Miss program from a free fall, uh, kept the team together, and they played hard for him. Absolutely, they played hard for him, and he recruited well. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of guys on Lane Kiffin's first team that were recruited by Matt Luke and his staff, and and they deserve credit for that, uh, no doubt, because they, they kept the program together. Now, it ended up being boring, and they didn't win, and it was it ended up being bad, but considering the, the state in which Hugh Freeze left the Ole Miss program, Matt Luke was a miracle worker in that first year especially, was a miracle worker. It just he, – he wasn't – he just wasn't ready for that. And I don't think – I think it's kind of clear that Sam Pittman's just not ready for this. And who knows? Hell, he could win. He could beat Ole Miss Saturday, and then that would kind of change everything. But, yeah, I think those two are are comparable. Would Elko at Duke take, take Arkansas's job? Arkansas would be a considerably better job than um, than Duke. So, yeah, that would be a candidate for sure. But if you're him, is that the one that you want to jump at? Or, or do you have your eyes on something bigger? I don't know. Texas A&M might be coming open soon. Texas A&M's a better job than Arkansas. If you're Elko, do you wait to see what happens there? I don't know. But yes, Arkansas is a better job than uh, a much better job than Duke, obviously. Obviously. How would Ole Miss as a program perform in the Big Ten? Um not too dissimilar than, than how they perform now. Uh, they would have more wins on an annual basis, of course. Um, the, the top of the Big Ten, I think, is as good as the top of the SEC. It's just the middle is where um, it's very different. So, yeah, they, they'd be better than they are right now, but you know, you're still not on the same plane as Ohio State and Michigan in terms of resources. Hell, you could probably argue that you're not on the same plane as Penn State and resources or Wisconsin. But there's a drop-off uh, after that for sure. The Georgia game does look gettable for uh, for Ole Miss. It absolutely does. They can't score. If you're an Ole Miss fan, you'd hope that they take advantage of Arkansas State and Auburn being down and bury them for the time being. But you see 10-2 and as the record for now if they win at Auburn. You keep beating Auburn as the WAOM game until they win. You know Freeze will have a bullet in the chamber for that one. Luckily for Ole Miss, they are off. Um, they are off. And Auburn is in Baton Rouge. That helps. He texts the radio show in and out of working on Monday. So forgive me if we touched on it. But the good news is Ole Miss is 4-1 with Bama and LSU behind them. The bad news is Alabama just never goes away. No, they don't. That's why you want Nick Saban to retire. 
you want that $17 million beachfront home that he bought down the street from Celine Dion uh, to actually be his retirement home. That's what you want. You want that to be the case. Auburn's offense is very inconsistent, in your opinion. They are, they are more than inconsistent. They are bad. They are just bad. They, they're simply bad. That's it. Like, full, full stop. They're, there's nothing that they do. They, they run the ball okay, and that's it. Something of note to pay attention to in case Ole Miss gets a couple of losses in three weeks. Harris said that he was going to score regardless of signals, so Lane Kiffin could have a I'm not listening issue coming. You're overthinking it. Don't worry about that. No need to worry about that right now. You can take medicine, use cre- <laughs> Okay, you're you're in the, the medical field, Chase. That's a much smarter analogy than uh, than all of us. But you say there is no cure, and come December when the weather gets cold, they're always there talking about Alabama. Absolutely. Uh, but you are smarter than the rest of us. So, What is that, osteoarthritis? That's what Alabama is? Yeah. A&M could be game day material, only game you're worried about. Definitely could be game day material. Let's see. A&M, uh, obviously they're playing Alabama. But it's Alabama and at Tennessee for them in back-to-back weeks. I'm not sure that they're necessarily going to spy Jefferson this week either. I think that Milrow was a bit of uh, an exception to that rule because of his inconsistency throwing the football. But Bama hasn't been Bama for two years, could have lost four the last two years very realistically, and yet they were the first team out and damn near got in the playoff over TCU's Big 12 title game. Absolutely. Gus Malzahn back to Arkansas. They could do a lot worse. You're afraid State helped Stella get her groove back this past week. Alabama's going to run the ball, play hellacious defense, and ask Miller to throw it 12 to 18 times, make a couple plays, and take care of the ball. And guess what, Chase? They're going to do that, and they're going to win. They're going to do that, and they're going to win. Arkansas is going to be challenged to really take football seriously on this next hire. They have NIL, but the program has 9-4 and record as their best season since 2011, the doormat of the West since then. So, so weird. I don't know if I like the way you started this comment. Okie dokie, Mikey. Please consider this. Ole Miss is down to one tight end. For God's sake, why not consider Eli Acker playing tight end? He played it wonderfully in high school. Um, because they want their tight ends to to be a passing threat on every down. If you put an offensive lineman in at tight end and and just do that in your offense, then he's not a receiving threat. So... But we we don't know Heath's health situation uh, either. We don't know. What would Matt Luke have done without probation? Not much different. It, not much different. Uh, the, they, they had a better roster than the records said that they did. Um, they recruited well. It just it, he was never going to be successful uh, at Ole Miss after after that. Never. You feel bad for Arnett. Always thought it was just going to be a rough go with full offensive rebuild and a quarterback who can only run the system he was running with a coach who was the master architect. And next year, Arnett's facing a full roster turnover and starting from scratch. I think the train never had much of a chance to get off the tracks. You think he'll be good just at his next attempt. Attempt. 
Another one, I think Arnett, the Arnett experiment is already over. It's only a matter of time hiring a guy to keep continuity, and then he blows all of it up as a huge red flag, and then the expectations were way off. We talked about that this summer, didn't we? I think Zachary Franklin's not necessarily playing poorly. I just I think that there are better receivers ahead of him right now, I, I think is all it is. All that falls on Mark Keenum, people should be asking him the tough questions, not to mention Lamonis is still employed despite foundering two years in a row and showing no signs of improving. Uh, that will end this year, though. Uh, I mean, they, frankly, they, they might have the worst roster baseball-wise in, in the SEC West. They really might. So that'll that'll end quickly. You haven't been sold on the quarterback for two seasons now. Three? You have not. You've been, you've been in lockstep with me on that one. You said for two years, the offensive line is suspect. We didn't and don't have stable position wide receivers, so I never understood the, quote, expectations. Um, hell, Chase, you had people predicting nine wins for this state team. I mean, that, that was never going to happen, regardless of how smooth the transition went. Um, you just, you don't overcome what they dealt, what they, what happened. It's just glossing over a, a guy, a, a two decade long icon of the game abruptly being gone from your program is not something that you just, that you just, that you don't feel who might be getting Urban Meyer, possibly no one, um, possibly no one. I mean, I, I, if you're Michigan State and you have a sex scandal, you can't hire Urban Meyer. You can't do it. Hey, that said on the radio, you expected some consistency out of Rodgers from where, based on what? Like we haven't seen years of 34 of 60 for 265. You could see Dan Mullen coming back to the SEC next year. Don't think it would be in Starkville, but uh, possibly. I agree with this. Missing fall camp after knee scope is why Franklin is not playing well. Needs to get healthy and build chemistry with Dart. Probably needs repetition and timing. Also doesn't block well. That and again, he's he's got better receivers in front of him uh, right now. He's got a hundred. He's, he's got better receivers in front of him. It's it's kind of hard to produce when when you're the fifth option. You know, if you're Arkansas, you're going Leopold and trying to lure Daniels with him. Would Arkansas be able to get him? I mean, I think the answer is yes, right? Isn't it? It's got to be, right? But do you think if you're him, you could do better? That's the thing. I mean, Arkansas is a really good job, don't get me wrong. But if you're a guy like Leopold, you're already in the Big 12. They're investing in you. He's making a, a ton of money. He'll get another contract extension this year. They're rebuilding their stadium. Do you wait for the big job and not just a bigger job. That That's interesting. See, like Florida might come open soon. A&M might come open soon. I mean, there, there's always shifting things going on in college football. You know, it, it's it's always changing. And these jobs, they, they come open a lot and could be waiting for something like that. Walmart needs to get involved with NIL at Arkansas so you can buy a good team. Um, once Abram retires, do you think that game, as long as he's still there, will be another big game? Will just be another game for Lane Kiffin? I think most of the clown show those weeks is because of who's at the helm. Absolutely. 
Random thought, Oklahoma could have real home field advantage late in the season if a team like Florida has to travel up there. And and road crowds are are getting fewer and fewer anyway. Georgia can be game day material if Ole Miss wins out. They could. What do I think of Bobby Petrino or Jonathan Smith to state? Ooh, I don't know. Uh, Is Petrino good enough to deal with what you got to deal with. I, I still, I mean, I think Zach Arnett's seen 2024. I, th- I think it's kind of a fruitless conversation. I think he is. Almost had Dave Doran lined up at the end of 2017 and kept Luke because Bjork said deuces on his way out. Well, it's a little bit more uh, nuanced than that. Uh, that they, they had Dave Doran hired and Ross Bjork had Dave Doran hired and that's who he wanted. Um, they were even looking at schools for the Doran family. Uh, everything was done until the chancellor, the former chancellor, who, who was trying to curry favor with the locals, forced Matt Luke on the football program. That's what happened. That wasn't a Ross Bjork thing. To, to defend Ross Bjork, which I don't do very often, he hired Dave Doran. Imagine if Ole Miss had Keon Coleman. Yeah, the backup quarterback salary could have gone to that NIL pool, couldn't it have? But, yeah. During the Mullen tenure, you would take him back right now. Five football teams in the country won more games than Mississippi State. You were a big fan. Ole Miss might still be 4-1 with Keon Coleman because the Bama game was such a disaster. If you're Florida, you're backing up the Brinks truck for Urban Meyer. Well, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if that's possible. But if Napier doesn't work, then they're going to have to get a new AD as well, I think. Dan Lanning is the next football coach at Alabama, and we are all going to punch air when it's announced. Yeah, that, that's going to make me so mad. I, I, I will hate that because guess what? He's just going to keep winning. Oh, man. I... I, I don't want Dan Lanning in Tuscaloosa. I really just, I hope they keep him away from Tuscaloosa. Kalen DeBoer is another guy that um, I wouldn't want around either. Oh gosh, Kiffin to Oregon when Bama hires Lanning. Yeah, let's just fire all that back up again. But anyway, I went long tonight. I appreciate you guys. I uh, Again, no Thursday, the golf tournament. We'll be out there doing the show. I, I want to record something. I, I will, I think, before then. But uh, in case you guys don't hear from me, that is where uh, – that that is that is why. That's what um, – that's what I'll be doing. So, anyway, I appreciate you guys. I will see you uh, – I'll see you very soon. Thank you so much. Like the video, all that good stuff. And I will uh, – I'll see you guys in the next one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.